Okie dokie. Ah, so today is just another special day in January 2021. And I'm just so grateful that I am learning so much. It is just such a blessing. Um, I am, I've been learning so many different things, you know, whether it's just like learning about my weakness in life, <laughs> of like just learning how to just lean on um, the source of light even more, my source of light even more, and just be willing to, you know, give space for imperfection, give space for um, all the areas that I'm just not, I'm not going to be this perfect person at every single day. Like in and very clearly, I'm going to be like maybe the worst person at this thing every single day, right? And, you know, like it's it's nice to get moments of humility in some ways, like to get those moments where it's like, oh, I'm really not top notch at this. I'm not like a total pro star at being able to deal with these kinds of situations where I just feel so awkward and so inexperienced and so immature and so like stuffed up, like, like kind of choked a little bit in feeling like, I don't know how to move forward with this. It's like, I'm just like done, right? It's like, for some reason, I think back to this experience I had where it's like, I was in a gym class and there was all these kids around. And at some point there was this one boy that was just super aggravated a lot at in our social group situation whenever we were in gym class or any kind of class, right? And so he was already kind of like on the edge always because people just felt like they needed to pick on him always. Um, and then it just got to a point where one girl said something and then this boy just stomped on her. He just pushed her down and started stomping on her head, right? Like, and I was just like, what, what is going on? What just happened? Right. And it's just like, um, okay. Like, so then I just kind of like, I was standing there watching for a while. I was like, ah, I have no idea. And then I was like, okay, well I have to at least touch his shirt and somehow like peel back his shirt or something to be like, this is not okay. Right. (laughs) Like, but like, of course my strength was kind of gone in that moment. Cause that's like the first time I'd ever considered anything like that would ever happen in my life. So I was like, I don't know what is going on here. Is this real life? Like I actually had to take a double take and be like, um, what? (laughs) Like later on, I did this like police report thing because like it was a big deal. You know, of course, once the teacher came and was like, um, yeah, no, like you need to leave right now and you know, just cut it all out. Right. But just like it, like thankfully everything was fine. Like after it was all said and done, like the girl was fine. Like it was just, you know, probably bruising and feeling surprised by the experience. And then the boy was like expelled or suspended, whatever. Right. It all kind of just tizzied out over time. And, you know, by the end of the year, we were all just kind of in a space of like, oh, hey, let's be friends again. You know, like whatever. Um, but just like, it's like, it just reminds me of those little moments in my life where it's like, yeah, there's no experience that has, that I feel like I have been prepared for this such thing. Right. And it's not like I went through any huge, big kerfuffle, really. Like it was just simple life. Right. And that's the thing that I'm learning is like, what is mine to share? And it's like, what's mine to share? I find is really the simple, basic day to day challenges that I face and the things that I'm doing to make sure that I'm checking in with myself, checking in with my heavenly father, with my savior, with my heavenly mother, like checking in with those people that are beyond the veil that I can't see right now, but I know that are there, that are there to support me and there to hold my hand through the challenges that I face, whether big or small. Right. And so I really 
had an opportunity this past weekend kind of thing to really reflect and find out for myself like what is what is my purpose right like what am I trying to do here um and and when it comes down to it it's like yeah no that's what it is right it's like you know I had an experience previous to the weekend that that just made it so I was just feeling a little raw and so you know of course because when I feel a little raw I I'm so much more open to compassion in different levels right and so I was like you know talking with a friend and it got to a point where I was just feeling so much compassion for them and then it just got to a point where I was like oh well I'm gonna share something that's my stuff right what I'm working on my kind of stuff so then I share it and then it just kind of got to a point where um, they gave some feedback of like wanting to give feedback about what I shared kind of thing. And it was kind of like a funny experience for me, like deeply awkward experience, right? Because it was like, oh, um, I don't know what to do about this, right? Because <laughs> it's like, of course, I feel compassion for this friend. And I want to give them an opportunity to serve. And at the same time, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This is not at all was what I was thinking, <laughs> right? Because it's like, this is like my, you know, express things as like a present kind of raw person and just have it as that, right? It's kind of like the most boring and mundane of everyday kind of life stuff that I'm okay with expressing and sharing on a continual basis. It's like really not for show. It's really not for presentation. It really doesn't measure up to any standard of what anybody in this generation is what my thought process is, will, will understand, comprehend, or appreciate. It's really just like the mundane stuff, right? It's like, you know, you just take one look at Facebook or one, one look at like any news, anything, and you see what their standards are across the board of what their, what their agenda is in trying to express themselves. And, you know, a lot of the time it's to sell, a lot of the time it's to, you know, influence other people to, to act in a certain way or whatever. And I just feel like there's a time and place for me to have this happy bubble where I don't have to feel like I need to do things in a way that is going to be pleasing to other people. Like it just feels so nourishing to do that because I felt like, you know, I was having this conversation with one of my friends um, just shortly after all the cancellation culture started with this like pandemic and it was just a lovely conversation, like one of the best conversations I've had this year because basically she just laid it all out in this one post she shared on her profile kind of thing and it was basically her life story and experience with helping her mother through her own mental illness and then becoming like the big sister or big sister mother type person of all of these boys because I think she had like 10 brothers or something like that anyways and then and then going through her own situations of like supporting and and helping her family members through their own you know choices and it was just so deeply vulnerable and I had to talk with her after I was like how in the world did you just do that like that was the most beautiful story ever I just loved reading that and I just felt so grateful that you had developed yourself to the point where you could feel comfortable to share that because clearly it's not for everyone to hear right it's like of course there's gonna be some people that are gonna naysay and judge or whatever because they just don't understand and then there's the exact people that it's going to serve right but it takes so much bravery to get to the point where you don't care about the people that it's not for and you care enough about the people that it's for right 
And so then I'm like, oh my goodness, how'd you do that? And she just laid it out so special for me. She's like, you know, I just have this belief that basically, you know, like we live in this culture where, you know, we're on a Facebook culture where it's like a lot of the time what we see on like people's Facebook profiles, updates, all this kind of stuff. It's almost like they, she didn't say it like this, but the way I interpret the conversation is like, it's almost like everybody believes they're a celebrity in their own right. And so they will show very intentionally only the things that represent their brand as their own celebrity profile kind of person and so you know they're very intentional about what they show versus people on a regular basis it's like you know I just love the way she described it it's like when people only share all of the wins all of the good stuff all of the you know all of the things that are basically putting them on this pedestal of like I'm a winner at life kind of stuff it makes all the rest of us that are just really living regular lives feel like we're weird right like that we're somehow living this weird awkward like terrible like not measuring up kind of life because we're not having wins every single day every single moment of our lives and living this kind of like perfect persona kind of life and she's like yeah I'm not gonna lay out my laundry every single day and at the same time I feel like it's important when I feel inclined to share something regardless you know if it's like the best win of the day or if it's just like kind of something regular or you know something like this like vulnerable it's like I I take the effort to actually just go and do it and share it right and I'm like man I really love that I love that perspective so much and and I've really held on to it and I've tried to just like incorporate that into my life like I feel like it's been such a building year for me you know just this whole concept of like oh well so I started the last year saying hey my word of the year is going to be Mary and I'm going to like hopefully maybe even turn into this pious lady that's able to just like you know sit at the feet of my savior and just really soak it all in and be able to put that as my priority kind of thing so it's been lovely because I've really been able to develop some level of like you know when I first started that was just kind of my naive kind of thinking I'm just gonna see what happens with that right and of course, over time, I really have been able to develop some level of being able to see that word Mary and see it for what it is, right? It's like, like I think before I misjudged that story and I was like, oh yeah, like Mary just had it all and like Martha was just like crazy and you know, all of this kind of like black and white kind of style. But just like to see them as people and be like, no, like I kind of believe that maybe, maybe Mary wasn't just like sitting at the Savior's feet all the time. Maybe she actually did help Martha a lot of the time. Maybe she, her and Martha were like getting ready for a birthday party for, you know, their friends our savior um, and they were just getting ready for this beautiful experience you know doing all the the things that they needed to do to be industrious productive whatever and not idle in their home and and just like make sure that they're doing all the the things that need to get done you know because they did need to do things to, in order for them to survive right and so it's like yeah of course it, like I can totally see that Mary took the time to do those things with Martha and do that and I feel like the deviation the, the difference between the two is like when the savior showed up for his birthday party like mary was able to be present and be like oh well here we go like now's the time to go and and enjoy and be satisfied in this experience together as we join together and and celebrate right whereas martha i feel like she was a little bit blocked off in some ways it's almost like she had some obstructions whether it was emotional thing or mental thing or whatever, but it made it so she couldn't see clearly the opportunity in front of her. Maybe she was distracted, who knows, right? She couldn't see clearly the opportunity to be present 
Or maybe she was just like going through a bad experience where she's like, no, I'm not going to try to be present right now. Like I'm going to be just doing the checklist thing because that's all I can handle right now. Like being present is a little bit too spontaneous, a little bit too like, you know, off the rails of what I thought I was going to be doing today kind of thing. And like, I kind of just really understand those two worlds way better at this time in my life. It's like, no, I understand the need to feel the sense of security of like, you know, doing the checklist thing and feeling like, oh, this is my evidence of what I've done. Right. And at the same time, I really understand the Mary. It's like, I understand some of the most beautiful moments I've had this year have literally been when I've done the Mary thing. And it's like, yeah, like I've taken the time to do the work and all of this kind of stuff. And when the moment shows up to enjoy and be satisfied in my relationships with the people that are mine to to enjoy and be satisfied with and to have those beautiful um, bonding kind of moments with, it's like those have been some of my most treasured experiences of my life this year, right? And so I'm like, yeah, I get it. I understand it. It's like Martha, it's almost like... It's almost like it's okay to be in a Martha place because clearly, like, we're not all going to be able to do the Mary thing every single time, all the time, necessarily, because we're just not perfectly designed that way. Like, we have, it takes effort, though, to to embody that kind of Mary perspective. It's like, it's almost like the way that I see it is like, Martha is almost like the default. It's like, that's the things that we would do if we didn't have any knowledge or faith of Jesus Christ. Kind of like Peter and the apostles, like kind of like when Jesus left, they kind of just said, oh, well, I'll just go fishing and I'll go do this and I'll go do this. And they just kind of went their separate ways doing their thing just as their default, right? And it wasn't until the Savior showed up that they're like, oh, you know, like it's time to be present and rise up and, you know, that kind of thing, right? And so it's like, I believe so deeply and firmly in this thing that is called like the gospel of Jesus Christ. I just believe so deeply and firmly in it because of course we all can just default at any moment, right? We can just do the natural man thing. We can just do our lives. We can just do that. We have the freedom to just do it. Heavenly Father loves us that much that he will give us the freedom to actually just choose to just do the default life if we want just the default life, right? We can just live the Martha life, right? And I love how he loves us that much though that it within the life of every single one of his children, he will at least give them one opportunity, if not several, of course, because he's a master gardener. A master gardener is not just going to plant one seed. If they want like a crop of that seed. They're going to plant many opportunities for a person to have the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and to, to be like, to get the opportunity to not just default to Martha, all the time for the rest of their life for all eternity but maybe even invite a little bit of Mary into their life and be like oh well here's the savior like let's let's listen to what he has to say like let's let's like take the moment seize the day seize the moment like and just like hear what what is here for me right now to take in and see what is mine to do with what I learned from this experience and like the opportunity I have presented to me to to help and lift and to make things even better, right? And so it's like, that's some of the things that I'm thinking about right now is just this this mentality of like, oh, I'm just so looking forward to remembering these simple things, right? It's like I was taking some time this morning just kind of trying to ponder after I was praying and everything and it just got down to it where it's like, 
this is the mundane life, right? This is the life where it's like, you know, I'm reading certain books right now where they've done like 40 years of research to talk about whether it's marriage or 40 years of research to talk about this parenting concept or whatever. And I just love, you know, the way that one of the authors talks about, hey, um, you know, like they did this thing called like a love lab where basically it's like they watch a couple interact for like 48 hours and the couple is like, you know, they're, they're hooked up to all these machines to help monitor their heart rate and they have to do all these tests to test their hormones, all of this blood stuff, everything, um, as a part of the whole experiment. But basically he goes and watches these couples for like two days or whatever. And, and he actually loves it. He loves every notion, every, like, cause of course that's his thing. He's doing this 40 year research. That's his thing. He loves being able to watch couples and see how they interact and, and learn from that. Right. And so anyways, I love the way he put it. He's like, you know, like, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it perfectly, but basically I was very impressed with the way he was able to just frankly and matter of fact say that, you know, in those 48 hours, it was not like a Hollywood film, right? It's not like something he would submit to Hollywood and be like, oh, hey, make a movie out of this because it will really sell, right? It was like, it was not that at all. But because of his knowledge and his understanding about life and his studies and everything, to him, it was better than a Hollywood movie because he was able to see all the invisibles of the interactions going on as well as the the concrete um, changes within people as they interact with each other as well, right? And so it was just so sweet to hear him say it like that because I think so often it's easy to get caught up with, oh, well, nothing has any worth unless or like I used to have this mentality where it's like, oh, talents, you know, I don't have any talents because I don't have anything that I could show on a stage, right? Those were kind of my things. Over time, thankfully, I've been able to develop a way clear, way more clear and um, honoring and respectful understanding of myself, my individual worth, my divine nature and all of these kinds of things. So I can be like, oh, hey, well, actually, like I may not have things to put on a stage and maybe I actually do, right? Like maybe I do. Maybe it's just me pushing myself back from actually like presenting myself because because I was too self-conscious at those times. But but really, like as I was honest with myself, I was like, well, come on now. Like, you know, if I'm looking at this child and youth program, there's like four quadrants. It's like the physical health. It's like, you know, if I could put on a stage and be like, hey, everybody watch this cooking show thing or, you know, like watch me diligently like do my health routine stuff for two weeks. And this is like a, a, I don't know, like a fast motion time-lapse video of me doing it. You know, like that could be my thing, right? Because like if I have skills in anything or talents in anything, I feel like I have a very strong ability to, to see good things and keep them in my life and turn them into habits voraciously, right? And so it's like, yeah, like I got that with like some health stuff going on right now. And then it's like, oh, hey, spiritual stuff. It's like, hey, I get to like, I get to, I could do like a time lapse of how many times I go, like, you know, a video camera watching how many times I touch my scriptures at, you know, in a given like two week period or something like that. And all the different things that I try to do with it, whether it's like read it or draw pictures from it or highlight or, you know, like go with my kids with them and, you know, just interacting with those words, like my love letters from my heavenly father and heavenly mother, like sent to me in my earthly body. Like that's really cool. I love that. I love that so much. And then it's like, if I go into the intellectual, it's like, oh, well then I could like, you know, 
make a time lapse of every book that I've scanned through and like, you know, done little mini researches on or done like, you know, really taking the time to ponder and then live into my life kind of stuff. And, um, and, and maybe not even just books, but just like life experiences. Cause I really do. I just cherish life so much. I don't know if it was because when I first got married, I got to like one of my first jobs with my husband, um, or the first job with my husband was going and visiting with grandparents in a community and just listening to their story and recording them. And honestly, it was such a healing experience spending so much time with grandparents all day long. And then it just prompted me like, you know, cause it was like 10 hours away, like 10, 12, like 18 hours away from my actual family. So then when I would drive 18 hours back to my home, like every few months, I would go see my grandparents and try to do the same thing, right? And that that turned out to be very beautiful experiences too. And anyways, like those periods of my life, I feel like really helped shape this perspective that I have where I just cherish every moment of life. Like I take every moment of life and it becomes like a classic for me to learn a lesson from. Whether it's through a book that I'm reading or whether it's an interaction with a human being that I'm facing right now or whether it's just me sitting there pondering some key principles or virtues or, or, you know, meditating on them or, you know, like, or just me learning the practice of like yoga or, or, you know, different skills like cooking or cleaning or different things like that. I just love being like an active alert person in my life. And it just means so much to me that I have the opportunity to actually like self-actualize. It's like, one of the words that I learned when I did go to university, like for the one year that I did. Right. And so it's like, Oh man, like I just love the opportunity to just like basically have an idea of what I want to do and just do it. Right. And just like, you know, have a dream and be doing it and be actively involved in the pursuit of it. Right. And then it's like, if I go into the last quadrant of this social dynamic of just life, it's like, just feel like I have transformed so much, you know, going from that peer oriented place to then becoming even more willing to become attached with those people that are important for me to have healthy attachments with, whether it was like, you know, probably between like, you know, probably age three to like age 18, it was like hardcore peer orientation life. Then when I was 18, it was like, I was instructed very clearly to not leave and go away. Um, like after I was praying about it, like, cause I wanted to just go travel and just do that and like not return ever <laughs> to like my home. Um, but then I was like, no, I got the prompting to stay here for one year and just focus on my relationships with my parents. Right. And so I just took as like, I scheduled my work schedule, everything around my parents at home schedule. So I made sure that I was never away when my parents were at home. Right. And I just made the time to be making that quality time, even if it wasn't like planned quality time, but just that I was, you know, putting in the time and then it turned out into beautiful experiences, right? Whether it was beautiful scripture study experiences, family home evening experiences. And I got to learn more Cantonese because I was losing my accent by that time. But then I like, you know, by the end of it, I was able to sing in Cantonese hymns. I was able to pray in Cantonese. I was able to teach a lesson in Cantonese. And I was like, what in the world? Like (laughs) I had no idea this was possible ever. Right. So I'm so grateful that Heavenly Father's been with me in my journey of like developing in social ways, you know, from like transitioning from the peer orientation to then being like 
embodying my position as a daughter in their home kind of thing and then moving forward to then of course meeting my husband and becoming attached with him you know and and then getting to a point where it's like oh I have children you know like 10 years later I've got five children and and really like getting into this place where it's like now I'm going back into the hierarchy where it's like oh like my daily life now it's like it's such a must for me to be connecting with Heavenly Father first and then connecting with myself connecting with my spouse connecting with my kids right those are like the main pillars that are so important for me to engage with on a daily basis and so this year as I was just like pondering what are going to be some of my goals for social you know like my word is to glorify um, in 2021 and I was like yeah like what if I could be even more in a mindset because when I'm honest with myself I'm in a pretty good phase of like being social with Heavenly Father I'm in a good phase of being social with myself my spouse and then when it comes to my kids I was realizing I'm like you know what when was the last time I really enjoyed them and I really felt satisfied in our relationship together that there was like actually a a synergistic kind of like enjoyment with one another and it was like it was sad because it's like yeah I like you know I've talked the talk for this whole year maybe you know maybe that was kind of my process of becoming attached with myself so that I could then be able to give any more right but whatever it was it's like I was sad because I was like yeah like who knows how long it's been right because like you know when my oldest like so six years ago I started this little tradition that I thought I would just keep on for the rest of our lives. It was like this tradition that we kept on for three years where we did this one thing 52 times a year. Every week we would do this one thing. And it was perfect. It was exactly what we needed to do. She was like four to seven at the time. So it was like four, five, no, like five, six, seven. So those three years, we just did it every week. And it was just such a good healing moment. And, and it's been a while, you know, it's been another three years now where it's been a gap where I hadn't done it because I just kind of, I just kind of put it on the wayside and, and kind of turned towards the mediocrity of being like, I'm just like in survival mode. I don't have energy to do that tradition thing that we used to do. And I have no creativity about it whatsoever. Right. And so now, thankfully, I've somehow gotten back together a little better to be like, oh, well, what about that, right? Because basically what it was at that point was like, hey, it, I called it like at the time it was called girl's time because she was my only girl, right? So it was like, oh, this is my time to have a date with my child once a week kind of thing. And it was always on the Wednesday night kind of thing. And my husband would take the other kids and I would have a date. And, you know, it started off maybe an hour at a time. And then it kind of extended to two, three, four hours sometimes. And I was kind of flexible with that because I was like well my love language actually is quality time so I actually loved it I was like well more the better right like who cares it's like once a week that we're doing this anyways and you know throughout a lifetime like I'm gonna be happy that I spent the time doing this and at the same time it's been really challenging for me to just like carve that out again for some reason like really challenging so it's been like okay how am I going to do this again? Because I feel like there was something different about my perspective about parenting when I was doing that. Every week I was like, there was something special. Something special about it that I just want to re reinvigorate. And so basically I loved this one thing that my friend said the other day. Oh, she said it, she called it like her thing. She calls it mind, body, soul time. So they just do, you know, the same time every day. Basically what I, how I conceive it, it's like kind of like a bullseye time, right? Every day it's like 10 minutes. They put on the 10 minute timer and literally it is kids choice. It is what the kids want to do for 10 minutes with their parent one-on-one. -on -one. 
10 minutes, right? And at first when I heard about it, I was like, well, I don't know. It's like part of me was a little bit like hesitant. I was like, really? I hate putting on timers with quality time and people and those kinds of things. Like, I hate that. I hate having people feel like, you know, like, cause I kind of felt like that's what it was like whenever I would see a doctor. It was like, I just kind of felt this, like, like almost like they didn't have time for me. And they were trying to, they were like watching the clock of like how quick they could have me out of there basically. And I was like, I hated those moments. I hated them so bad because I just felt so inconsidered. And like that I was just so disrespected and like my dignity was not intact. Like they were just treating me like an object. So that's kind of the the thought process I was going through. I was like, I don't know if I can do that. But then the other part of me was like, well, no, because what is the goal, right? Is the goal to just stay there my whole life and just put timers on and just have this time and that's our only interaction per week or, or like per day, right? And it's like, no, I think it's like, I think it's a helpful step, right? In the right direction, right? Like in this other book that I'm reading, um, this marriage book, it's like all talking about this beautiful thing. Like at the end of the whole system, they're like, hey, so basically, you know, for a, a couple to just like have this strong kind of marriage, there's like six hours of magic every week that they can engage with one another in um, that will allow for them to have this like this strong foundation, at least a six hours of magic. And they talk about what, what it is that makes these six hours magical for a marriage to, to basically stay as far away from divorce as possible to then just be thriving and, and be like not even coexisting with a divorce kind of mentality. Right. And so then they say it's like, it's a six hours recipe basically. Right. And so when I see it like that, I'm like, Oh, well, like it's actually been super helpful. I'm like, as we've been just exercising different like practices and habits and things like me and my husband in these six hours of magic, it's like, it's like we feel good about the more time we can put in to those six hours. Right. And it's like, it's, and, and then we're not like limiting ourselves to it either. It's, it's kind of like a goal space, right? So it's kind of like a beautiful thing to have this 10 minute perspective per day per child. Um, just because it's like, Hey, that's doable. Like it's nice to find things that are bite sized for me because it just gives me that much more oomph of feeling like, well, it's worth trying. <laughs>